Okay, uh, kita punya next topic iaitu payment to nominated subcontractors, responsibility to the nominated subcontractors and uh, uh, PEM 2018 clauses uh, in regards to NSC, kita akan cover dalam next podcast. Okay, meja, thank you. Okay, so let's continue with our lesson. Kita tengok uh, uh, topic 7.0, page number 11. Iaitu nominated, uh, sorry, nominated, nomination of NSC dan NS. Nomination of nominated subcontractor and nominated suppliers. Now, like I mentioned in previous of my uh, podcast, uh, number one and number two, uh, nominated subcontractors is actually... Uh, adalah uh, subcontractor that has been appointed by the client okay and uh, when when this uh, subcontractor has been appointed by the client some procedures and uh, some uh, method of obtaining ataupun method of securing the subcontractor need to be to be followed okay so we refer to clause 59.1 Uh, dalam clause 59.1 explaining uh, this this particular clause iaitu SO shall obtain tenders for nominated subcontractors and the contractor shall under written instruction of the SO enter into such subcontracts with the nominated subcontractor uh, that that is the uh, explanation on clause 59.1 now uh, like i mentioned just now uh, this this appointment of uh, nominated subcontractor will be done by the employer ataupun wakil dia iaitu superintending officers so uh, how actually the superintending officers secure the uh, subcontractor uh, on behalf of uh, his client jadi dia akan gunakan proses yang sama proses yang exactly sama seperti tendering process ataupun quotation uh, process iaitu uh, dia akan buka that particular tender that particular work Okay, I give you an example mechanical work dia akan uh, open tender for mechanical work for that particular uh, for for that particular project Okay, walaupun projek itu actually adalah main contractor punya tapi SO akan uh, issue satu tender supaya tender tersebut dapat dibeli oleh uh, semua nominated subcontractors yang layak all those nominated subcontractor will bid for that particular tender and then kemudian offer their price and then kemudian SO will select one uh, of them to be the nominated subcontractors jadi setelah uh, proses ini berlaku it's like macam uh, client nak cari main contractor dia this is exactly the same but this time around Uh, it is not main contractor cari dia punya subcontractor but the client still gunakan cara yang sama cari dia punya nominated subcontractor and then the main contractor is required to enter into the contract with the nominated subcontractor so all of this must have DSO instructions so that this instruction will take effect immediately right DSO must not delay the appointment ataupun the nominations of the nominated subcontractor since it may affect the overall progress of the work and cause financial loss to the main contractor. Now, when you know that, say for example, mechanical work need to be need to start, say for example, bulan Jun, bulan Julai. 
So, bulan Jun lah, awal Jun. Okay? And now this is 14th of May 2020. Alright? Probably two weeks is good enough for you or three weeks is good enough for good enough for you to to uh, to find the nominate to find the nominated subcontractors. So we still have a process of uh, issue the tender. Uh, the uh, what do you call this? Uh, need to find the tender. Then I give time for the tender to price the tender and then send back the tender to the SO. Then SO akan evaluate that particular tender. Jadi bila di kita tahu yang uh, kerja mechanical mungkin akan start say for example bulan 6 atau bulan 7 so you need to find you punya subcontractors early supaya dia tak akan mengganggu uh, progress dekat site okay? takut nanti main contractor dia tertunggu-tunggu subcontractor dia tak juga tak juga datang, tak juga be appointed and then kemudian progress kerja yang lain akan ter, tertunda dan will affect disebabkan oleh late appointment by uh, the superintendent officers Okay. Jadi apabila benda ini berlaku, mungkin akan berlaku kita boleh minta extension of time satu dan kita boleh minta claim for losses and expense sebab kita mengalami kerugian disebabkan oleh bukan kesalahan daripada main contractor disebabkan oleh uh, failure of the superintending officers to appoint the nominated subcontractors early. Okay. So let's have a look at the procedure of nominating a nominated subcontractors and suppliers. So like I said previously, like I said just now, uh, we need to find a subcontractors or supplier by way of tender. Okay, open tender or selective tender. Uh, it's very rare for actually to have a negotiated tender. Ada, tapi kadang-kadang kalau government project, it's, it's very seldom for them to use negotiated tender. Okay, so tender for subcontractors or suppliers akan dibuka. Okay, dia akan iklankan ataupun hantar surat kepada all those uh, related subcontractors and then kemudian wait for the subcontractor to price and then bagi harga dan offer harga dia. Jadi when the tender has written has been written back to to the superintendent officers, SO akan evaluate basically QS lah akan evaluate akan evaluate which tenders are the best, which tender is the best for this particular uh, project. And then we nominate that particular subcontractor. I give an example. Katakan kita appoint ABC uh, Construction Sinan Berhad as, as the nominated subcontractors. Okay. Now, what will a contractor do when they knew that uh, the SO has appoint uh, one subcontractors? Okay. Satu, he need to enter in to a contract ataupun he need to uh, enter into such subcontracts with the nominated subcontractor but before dia nak enter he needs to decide whether dia nak accept ataupun tidak nomination tersebut okay, whether you nak terima tak lantikan nominated subcontractor tersebut so if he uh, if he doesn't have any objection, he didn't object he accept the tent accept the tender ataupun accept the appointment of the nominated subcontractors so he will enter into contract with the subcontractor itu kalau dia tak ada masalah lah uh, easy okay tak ada masalah tak ada tak ada issues dan sebagainya no problem tapi if he has uh, problems with the nominations of the superintending officers or basically the contractor objects to the nominations of subcontractors so there are a few things that contractors need to do Okay, itu first kali dia kena dia kena kalau kita kalau you tengok kepada clause ni clause apa ni? Clause 59.2. Okay, 
Okay, DSO shall not nominate as, as a subcontractor if a, a person whom a person against whom the contractor shall make in writing within 21 days from the date of SO instructions. Now, kita ada 21 hari setelah nomination of superintending officers tadi. You have 21 days actually whether you accept ataupun we you object the nomination of superintending officers. Right? If you object, you can write into your superintending officers mentioning Why do you need to reject the appointment of your of the uh, nominated subcontractors? Like dalam clause ini mention, uh, within 21 days from the date of SO instructions, blah 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 blah, what DSO considers to be reasonable objection. Okay, uh, contractor actually ada right, dia ada hak, he has the right actually to object the nomination made by DSO. Okay, insert certain circumstances in a certain situation you just cannot simply object uh, dengan sesuka hati you right so what will the contractor do uh, is he need to ensure that uh, in within 21 days if he feel that uh, he want to object the nomination of the subcontractor he will uh, write a letter within 21 days mentioning why he need to object that nomination okay kena ada sebab yang munasabah reasonable objection contoh reasonable objection if you see from uh, your study notes on page number 13 uh, example of grounds of reasonable objection would be number one previous unsatisfactory dealing with the person technical incompetencies of the persons and financial instability of the person Okay, that's the reason kenapa kita mungkin akan reject uh, denomination of uh, denomination of subcontractors. Right? Now, uh, setelah if, say for example, if the proposed subcontractor, atau, sorry, if uh, the if the SO has accept you punya uh, objection, Okay, if DSO has accept, uh, sorry, if DSO, Robby, if DSO has accept kita punya uh, objection, right? Contractor uh, subjected accepted by DSO, uh, we DSO akan DSO uh, akan need to have a few alternative uh, untuk untuk uh, untuk cater you punya objection tadi ok, uh, dia ada four actually but kita akan go through after that uh, kita tengok dulu kalau kita kalau SO tidak agree with your objection, you need to by hook or by crook, you need to enter the contract with the subcontractors now uh, what happen kadang-kadang, if the proposed subcontractor cannot accept the terms and conditions of the subcontract. Okay, example seperti uh, satu uh, completion date exceeding the main contract. The the proposed tarikh yang luar daripada uh, luar ataupun exceeding daripada main contract. Jadi basically kena reject lah sebab it's supposedly to be done before the com actual completion date of your main contract. Okay, tak boleh lebih. Okay, number two, subcontractor cannot comply with the provisions of the main contract. Any provision of the main contract, he cannot comply. So, kita boleh 
kita boleh reject that punya subcontractors and then any additional conditions imposed by subcontractor somehow tiba-tiba dia tambah lagi subcontractor sendiri tu tambah some additional provisions ataupun additional uh, additional requirements dalam uh, dalam main contract okay jadi dia tak jadi kita boleh basically kita boleh object uh, that nominations of the uh, proposed subcontractors dan yang seterusnya if say for example if the proposed subcontractors uh, will not give the government the required indemnity indemnity maksudnya macam protection lah ok daripada kena saman dan sebagainya so for example subcontractor can comply with any of stated terms and condition of the indemnity additional conditions imposed by the subcontractor these are the three reasons SO cannot cannot uh, appoint a nominated subcontractors ok number one Uh, contractor make reasonable objection number two the proposed subcontractors cannot accept the terms and condition of the contract and number three the proposed subcontractor cannot give the government the required indemnity right dia nak tarik sekali government kalau kalau ada apa-apa masalah berlaku dia nak tarik sekali government so kita supposedly bagi indemnity kepada kepada government if this three uh, if this three circumstances happen SO cannot appoint that particular nominated subcontractors Okay, uh, if the objection is not accepted by the SO contractor has to enter into subcontract with the NSC or he can bring the matter to arbitration uh, yang ini is basically kalau kita tak puas hati ataupun kalau contractor tak puas hati dengan uh, objection tersebut so uh, sorry kalau S, kalau main contractor cannot set the main contractor uh, can't accept the decision made by the contract by the SO to reject dia punya applications so dia boleh bawa uh, matter ini kepada arbitration right now say for example the the SO agree with your reasonable objection okay they agree with your reasonable objection so what we can do adalah number one if SO agree with your reasonable objection say for example you have stated the good uh, objection and then the SO agree number one you need to start all over again the process okay buka ataupun cari cari tender yang lain pula. Okey, selagi tender validity period itu masih masih sah, uh, jadi kita cari kontraktor yang kedua terting kedua terendah, ketiga terendah, uh, keempat terendah dan sebagainya. Okey, kita start lagi proses ini dan uh, start lagi pilih lagi kontraktor dan sebagainya and we select one more contractor until the uh, main contractor doesn't have objection on the appointment. Number two. If dia tak nak buat proses uh, renomination semula, he can, number one, to vary the works covered under PC and provisional sum and this is especially necessary for example to overcome problems encountered in the earlier nomination process. Okay, the vary of the works. Okay, me, uh, what do you call this? It's like macam, macam uh, mana terms dia tadi? Uh, to make it as a VO lah lebih kurang macam ya okay make it as a VO sekejap saya tengok clause 59.3 sekejap hold on ah 59.3 okay uh, make it as a VO Ataupun kita omit lah kerja tersebut. Okay. Omit all the works. And then kemudian mungkin kita akan kita akan minta main contractor tersebut 
execute the works ataupun employer tersebut akan execute the works pada masa yang berlainan. Okay, uh, it's it's very hard actually for this this thing, especially the omission of the works. It's very hard actually to 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 do this because uh, it's like uh, you hand over that job yang supposedly boleh dibuat oleh main contractor kepada orang lain. Okay, uh, because you dah omit kerja tersebut, you dah buang kerja tersebut. I give you an example. Katakan landscaping works. You fall, you you kerja tersebut fall under landscaping work. What you can do is actually omit that landscaping work. Okay, jadikan dia sebagai variation or the omission. Wait until project dah siap, and then kemudian buka kontrak baru, and then kemudian kita appoint uh, subcontractor yang baru ataupun kontraktor yang baru untuk buat landscaping work. Itu boleh, tak ada masalah. But if you what do you call this? It is a very contentious issues if you ask uh, somebody else to do the work of the omission work. You omit kerja tersebut sebab you dah membuang ataupun you dah uh, you dah dikatakan sebagai change the scope of works of the contract. And then kemudian you suruh orang lain buat kerja tersebut. Okay, itu itu jadi contentious issue. Itu akan jadi what do you call this? Itu akan jadi macam satu problems. Uh, if uh, if the main contractor is like macam tak puas hati dengan decision of omission. Okay, and kemudian pada masa yang sama dia bagi kerja tersebut kepada orang lain. Kecuali kalau say for example you omit kerja tersebut dan let the contract finish, let your contract main contractor and the client finish the contract, habis dapat CPC, dapat CCMGD dan sebagainya, then you ambil balik omission work tersebut, buka new contract and then appoint new contractor. Itu mungkin tak akan ada masalah. Okay, iaitu kita arrange uh, kita arrange kerja ini pada luar uh, luar masa main contract. Okay, kena faham benda ni ya. Eh? Tak faham nanti you replay balik lah. Uh, so, kalau you dah omit kerja ini, supposedly you jangan bagi kepada orang lain. It's ma- it is it is not safe actually to pass that particular job to somebody else. If you want to pass that job kepada somebody else, make it like still maintain as a PC sum or provisional sum. Okay? Vary the works lah. Maksudnya, boleh covered uh, as a PC sum, boleh covered as provisional sum, ataupun yang paling bagus sekali option would be arrange the contractor to execute the work by himself. Okay? Arrange sendirilah buat kerja ni. Jadi, kalau dia buat kerja ni, aa... Uh, Uh, dia kena uh, kalau kita arrange contractor main contractor untuk buat kerja ni minta dia untuk tender for the works covered under under PC sum ok like macam saya beritahu sebelum ni kalau main contractor nak join the tender for PC sum dia kena dapatkan permission daripada superintendent officers so sekarang ni maksudnya sekarang ni we have three option kat sini number one nominate a substitute kita start all over again procedure ini dan secure an alternative nominated subcontractor number 2 by way of variation iaitu omit together all omit the work all together from the contractor okey ataupun omit and have the work executed by third party engaged by the government uh, ataupun on ataupun uh, kita appoint kita minta contractor sendiri tersebut execute that particular works okey so there will be three Okay. Uh, next one. 
ni saya masuk terus lah payment uh, kita masuk terus lah payment to nominated subcontractors on clause 60.1 payment to nominated subcontractors uh, dia adalah uh, payment dalam interim payment set seseorang main contractor ok uh, dia ada satu helayan patch yang kedua untuk state the details of payment to nominated subcontractors. Now, the payment certificate issued by DSO must state the amount of payment to be made to the various nominated subcontractors. So, itu saya cakap tadi, kalau patch number 2 of your interim payment, uh, di situ dia akan state uh, semua nominated subcontractors punya payment. Okay, detail detailing dia. The provision gives the government the right to make a direct payment to the subcontractors even though there is no contractual relationship between two parties. Before PWD 203A 2010 and 2007, masa dulu-dulu punya condition of contract, tak ada clauses, tak ada clause ini. Tapi terlalu banyak masalah sehingga kan uh, the government adjust uh, clause 60 ini supaya kita boleh bayar directly from client kepada nominated subcontractors without melalui main contractors. Sebab itu dalam interim certificate queue ada satu helayan baru satu helayan untuk mention the payment kepada nominated subcontractors so if you have a look at the example 4 of your payment page uh, number 15 okay uh, di page number 15 if you tengok benda yang dibulatkan uh, bayaran interim nombor 19A kepada subcontractor dan penerima bayaran okay seperti lampiran A uh, so dia dekat sini dia dah state kepada subcontractor Artinya, you boleh bayar directly kepada subcontractor. And then, if you tengok kepada uh, lampiran A, page number 16, uh, di, in, ini adalah detail uh, pembayaran ataupun detail uh, kerja yang akan di, yang kita akan bayar kepada nominated subcontractor. So, for example, kat sini dia beritahu subcontractor dinamakan langit tinggi sangat berhad pemasangan elektrik. Uh, dekat sini, jumlah harga is 85,000. So, jumlah bayaran terdahulu is 60,000. And amount diperakukan kosong. Mungkin uh, bulan tu dia tak buat kerja dan sebagainya lah. Okay. Uh, di sini adalah detail dia. Nanti, nanti mungkin ada satu contoh payment code. Uh, saya akan explain ataupun saya kita akan belajar masa kita belajar payment nanti macam mana kita nak uh, buat uh, bayaran kepada uh, subcontractor dan supplier nominated subcontractor and suppliers now uh, let's have a look at page number 17 so dalam page number 17 uh, all payments due to the nominated subcontractors are paid direct to the each of them by the employer as shown in figure 8. Jadi sekarang ini, uh, payment by the employer dulu, dia kena lalu main contractor dulu. Dan lepas tu main contractor bayar kepada subcontractor. Tapi disebabkan oleh terlalu banyak isu, main contractor tak bayar, jadi government ambil uh, inisiatif lain untuk uh, introduce clause payment to nominated subcontractor directly, uh, government will pay the nominated subcontractors. Okay? Jadi, Payment for the nominated subcontractors are not made to the contractor thus avoiding the problem of non-payment of subcontractors by the contractor. I think that I have explained just now. Uh, all payments made direct to nominated subcontractors are considered as a payment to the contractors. Like I mentioned to you, it is actually kerja main contractor. It is part of the main contract. Okay? Tapi kita pass that kerja kepada orang lain. Jadi supposedly kalau diikutkan sebetul-betulnya, Duit tersebut mesti pergi ke main contractor dan main contractor bayar kepada nominated subcontractors. Tapi, kita bayar directly kepada nominated subcontractors as if tadi kita dah 
considered ataupun kita dah bayar kepada main contractor as if as if lah as if okay now let's have a look at clause 60.2 the contractor shall be entitled to be paid and the government may pay to the contractor out of money otherwise due to the nominated subcontractor or suppliers yang ini akan berlaku apabila government has the right to make deduction from the amount due to the subcontractors even though there is no contractual relationship between two parties. Maksudnya ialah deduction for payment to the contractor in these following circumstances. Okay? Uh, ini berlaku jika ada uh, A to compensate the contractors for any deduction on his payment made by the government due to subcontractors fault this may happen in the case where the government has wrongly deducted monies due to the contractor for the fault of subcontractors okay uh, this happen when denominated subcontractors uh, katakan buat uh, what do you call this uh, buat default and then government wrongly deducted monies due to the contractors dia potong duit lah Okay, dia potong duit sebab uh, dia ingat salah. Uh, dia macam ni lah. Bukan dia ingat dia salah ni. It's like macam it's the uh, subcontractor's fault. So basically the main contractor is responsible. So client potong duit, potong duit main contractor. Tapi nanti dia akan refund balik ataupun deducted balik duit tersebut. Okay, deducted balik duit tersebut ataupun compensate duit main contractor tersebut daripada bayaran direct payment tadi. Okay, I cannot have a, saya tak boleh nak lukis ni. You just imagine lah, uh, client, main contractor dan subcontractors. Now, client akan bagi duit directly kepada, kepada akan bayar directly kepada uh, subcontractor. Say for example, subcontractor buat default. Okay, buat default. So, bila buat default dan sebagainya, ada LED, ada ada LED delay dan sebagainya dan kemudian uh, contoh potong lah dan sebagainya. Uh, dia potong duit main contractor Okay, supposedly dia tak patut potong pun sebab salah dia adalah salah subcontractors. Okay, salah subcontractors. Jadi what what the government did was, apa-apa duit yang supposedly kita bayar kepada nominated subcontractor, kita potong duit daripada situ dan compensate balik kepada main contractors. Sebab so, man kata tiba-tiba macam kena potong. Apa hal duit aku kena potong? Oh, kau punya subcontractor salah. Okay, siapa aku akan compensate duit kau. Okay, supposedly aku bayar subcontractor kau ya RM100,000. Then, uh, tapi disebabkan oleh ada default dan sebagainya, RM50,000 kau potong. That RM50,000 akan dipulang balik kepada main contractor sebab you dah potong RM50,000 tadi. Okay, sebab klien dah potong RM50,000 daripada main contractors. Okay, so you compensate back disebabkan oleh usually this one happen when the government has wrongly deducted monies. Okay, due to the subcontractor's fault. Okay, number two, as any amount as agreed by subcontractor or amount awarded in arbitration or by court, if anything, uh, what do you call this, any amount uh, by denominated subcontractors, uh, if you bawa, ataupun if you bawa issues kepada uh, arbitration or litigations, and then kemudian uh, that particular issue in favor of the contractors, okay, kira macam contractors tersebut, kat, uh, Issues between main contractor and subcontractors, and then kemudian the uh, uh, contract, the subcontractor agree to pay the main contractor, ataupun any amount uh, agreed disebabkan oleh arbitration case ataupun litigation case dan sebagainya. So contractor shall be entitled to be paid. Okay, contractor shall be entitled to be paid. Okay, bawa isu pasal, say for example, 
default by uh, subcontractors and then kemudian uh, what do you call this and then kemudian uh, kemudian apa nama tu kemudian ada default lah uh, and then Sekejap, ada default by subcontractors And then kemudian uh, Bawa pergi ke arbitration Main contractor menang So subcontractor have to bayar kepada Dia punya main contractors Kira macam uh, Reward ataupun Kira macam uh, award, Amount awarded lah dalam arbitration And last kali would be the Any amount for claim and losses Expense due to subcontractors fault If anything fault by subcontractors You boleh actually claim for losses and expense uh, Disebabkan oleh uh, contractors punya, uh, Subcontractors punya fault tadi Okay Alright, uh, that's all I think Kita sambung PEM 2018 pula dalam podcast yang lain Thank you guys